Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, we just thank you for today. Lord, I I just feel excited, Lord, about what you're doing in our lives, Father. I thank you, Lord, that there's heat in the sanctuary. There's heat, Lord. There's just a, I just feel like God is um, renewing and God is restoring and God is bringing faith back in our spirits that we're we're warming up uh, where there's been coldness where there's been doubt where there's been darkness I just feel like God by his spirit is heating up our spirits not by might not by power but by his spirit says the Lord say God I'm expecting you Lord we're believing you to do things in our lives. God, we're believing you that you're going to build the temple of God in our day. Not literally, but build his temple. And what did Zechariah say to Jerusalem? With shouts of grace, grace, grace. By God's grace, by his spirit. Thank you, God, that you're warming us up in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Go with me to Daniel chapter 6. We've been studying in the book of Daniel And go with me to Daniel chapter 6 and in verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day. And he prayed. And he gave thanks before God. Thank you, Lord as his custom was since the early days. I just want to pray one more time. Father, I just thank you, God. Lord, we believe in your spirit that brings revelation to our hearts, Lord. We believe in your spirit that speaks to us, Lord, that we have the mind of Christ, Lord. God, I just want to thank you, God, that eye has not seen and ear has not heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him, that serve him. But, Lord, we just thank you, God, that you have revealed these things to us by your Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit reveal things to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Daniel um, found himself in a situation where the king had just recently made a decree. Well, let me back up. He signed a, a decree because of the other satraps and the administrators and the people that were jealous of Daniel. They said, King, we have an idea. Listen, since you are so awesome, Lord, let's make a law that for the next 30 days everybody just worships you and thinks about you and honors you. And you know, King, if anybody in this kingdom dares to worship another God during these 30 days, Lord, we think they, excuse me, Lord, uh, King, we think they ought to go in the lion's den. What do you think? In your honor. And the king said, well, uh, I, 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 I'm doing pretty good. I think that's a good idea. We should, we should honor me. Uh, let's do it. So the Bible says that the king 
and the satraps, they put the signature of the lords and the king's signature, and, and it was made into law. And Daniel heard about this. He knew it was signed. He knew what was going on. And he walked home. And the Bible says here that he still opened up that window in the upper room. And he said, I'm going to serve God despite what's going on in the world. I'm going to, I'm going to pray. I don't care what the law says. Because it's a law that doesn't honor God. Now, I'm not encouraging us to be unlawful. Let's be careful here. But when there are things that are completely against the law of God, like praying, Daniel said, I can't, I, I have for, been patient. I've been dealing with, but this, I can't do it. I'm going home and I'm going to pray because I believe it honors God and I don't believe it harms the king. So he went home and he prayed. And the Bible says that the windows were open. I'm not going to be ashamed. I was reminded of what the Bible says in 2 Timothy when Paul encourages Timothy. He says, listen, share with me in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of the gospel. Timothy, I want you to join me in serving the Lord. It's going to be an adventure. Some people might not like it. They might get upset. Not everybody's going to agree. They might not love it. And there might be some suffering and there might be some persecution there. But Timothy, I want you to share with me in the sufferings for the sake of the gospel. Go with me. I want you to war, Timothy, according to the prophecies that were given to you previously. Wage the good warfare, Timothy. Don't give up. Continue to serve the Lord. Continue to worship him. Continue to pray even when things are not going well. And it says here that it was his custom since the early days. I think Daniel... You know, in his mind, remember, you know what? I made a decision a long time ago. This is an older man now. I made a decision a long time ago when I was a young teenager, and they brought me into the court, and they said, listen, you're going to have to do things that are going to defile you. He made a decision. He said, but I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to ask politely. I'm going to continue to serve God in this environment. I made a decision a long time ago, and it worked. I saw God move back there. I saw him move in my life with the chief of the eunuchs there. God's favor came upon me. And I rose up in, in great ability because I, didn't, I chose to serve God and continue to pray. You know, Jesus says, men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Grab somebody near you say, always pray. You ought to always pray. Then I tell them, say, don't lose heart. Don't do it. Don't lose heart. And the implied meaning there in Luke chapter 8 is that when we always pray, we won't lose heart. There's an implied promise there. Jesus says, if you'll just continue to pray, you won't lose heart. If you'll just continue to pray, you won't lose strength. If you'll just continue to pray, you won't lose courage. And you'll receive from God. You know the story. He used the parable of the unjust judge and the widow. And she just came continually and continually and continually. And the judge says, you know what? I can't deal with this woman anymore. I don't fear God. I've had enough of her. What did Jesus say? He says, my God's not like that. My father's not like that. He doesn't get annoyed when you come and pray before him. He's a good God. And he will avenge. He will bring justice. He'll bring justice to those who cry out to him day and night. Day and night. 
And then Jesus said, am I going to find faith on the earth when I come back? And one of the greatest expressions of our faith is prayer. Prayer. You know, Pastor Ned and I have kind of been alternating by week, and I'm just amazed at the way God kind of has brought it together. How many here were, were here last week? Wasn't that, a, that was great, right? Pastor was preaching on prayer. If you weren't here, I would encourage you to get that. I want to kind of pick up a little bit where he left off. The Bible says Daniel knelt down three times a day to pray. I want to talk a little bit about the power of the pause. The power of the pause. You know, there, uh, I read recently, my mother sent me an article. It was a recent educational article. She's a retired teacher and administrator. And she says, you've got to read this article. Got to read it. Now, I mean, there's a lot of articles that come our way these days. There's a lot of stuff. So I said, you know what? I'm going to read this. And it talked about how a student could go from a C-plus average to an A-plus average. They said, this is a guarantee to work. It's based upon research. It has worked not only with youth, but it has worked with medical students at, uh, I think, Yale or whatever they did their study. And it was, there was a control group, too. Those of you that know studies, this was no um, blinds. There was a control group, and then there was also an experimental group. And those of you that know what a control group is, it means that it was a legitimate study. So I'm reading this, and they're talking about the power of the pause. And basically, I'm like, all right, come on, let's get it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the introduction. And I said, come on, I want the answer. I want, I've got students in front of me uh, tomorrow morning. I want to know what the answer is. How can we get students' averages from a C-plus to an A-plus? And... I'll summarize it for you. You can do the homework later. Uh, but the, the way to get those grades up is through the power of a pause. Where after anyone learns anything, when you get information that comes at you in your brain, your brain needs time to process that information. So what they're encouraging people to do is, after a certain amount of, of learning, whatever it is, and we might have to do this in the sanctuary, right, if it works. Um, the, basically, what happens is, our, when we're overflooded with information, we reach a, a certain tipping point, and our brains kind of just shut off. Our attention is just not there anymore. We either get distracted, we get bored, or we lose the ability to process and acclimate everything that's coming at us. Are you with me? So after about 15, 18 minutes at the most, now they said the brain can handle 10 to 18 minutes. Total. And that includes like an introduction and all that. So that's why I'm going to endeavor today to keep this under a half hour. <laughs> but what happened was, after about 10 or 15 minutes of instruction, they, you pause and you give people a couple of minutes to process what you've already said before you keep going. And what happens is people are learning more. Scores are going up. You give it in smaller chunks. And, you know, I, was just, I couldn't help but, but see the parallel because we have to have the power of pause. See, Daniel stopped three times a day. He hit the pause button, and he says, you know what? i got to stop. i got to connect with the Lord. I've got to process everything the devil's throwing at me. I've got to process even the good that's coming at me. I've got to process what people are doing in my life, what's going on in my job, in my family, and I want to process it correctly. Because sometimes we make the wrong call. 
You know, they've learned this. Um, there's new technology now. How many know it takes about three hours now to watch an NFL football game? Because what happens when there's a close call? Okay, the coach pulls out. What color is that flag? It's a black one, right? It's a red, sorry, red flag. Like Marty and, and, uh, and his wife today. Throw the, say, throw the flag. Sometimes we got to throw the flag down. we got to say, pause, pause. I've got I've to pause. I've got to get away. I've got to take another look at this in God's presence. And what happens is, after they do that, you know, we've got HD cameras today, and they take another look at that, and they say, you know what? He really only had one foot in bounds when he made that catch. Replay, second down. And, and that's, we, we make, how many know you make bad calls sometimes? We make bad calls sometimes because we're just rolling with the punches. We're just going one after the Some of us have gone days without pausing in God's presence and processing what's going on and letting God speak to us and give us a different perspective and a different understanding of what's going on. Sometimes he says, I want you to replay that down. I want you to go back and I want you to apologize to that person. You didn't talk to them in a godly way. You offended that person. I want you to go back. You weren't quite right there. That wasn't me when you were go just plowing ahead and going about your business. No, let's go back and let's make it right. My son, um, uh, Ben, was when he was homeschooled, we would get a lot of the instruction through video. And, and I'm not going to embarrass him because it's just everybody, just like the rest of us, he struggled in math a little bit. So you know what he would do? He'd hit the pause button. <laughs> and he'd play the instruction over again. How many know you can't do that in the classroom today? You can't say, hey, teacher, pause. You can't tell him to stop. So what he would do was he would pause the, the video and he would he'd get it again. And sometimes he'd pause it and he'd get it again. How many know sometimes we need to pause and get it again? God, no, I'm going back, Lord. I'm going back. So you say, well, yeah, that's for people that struggle with math. No, but all of us have subject areas in our lives that we struggle with because we're like that. And we don't want to spend time on the things we're not good at. We don't want to look at the things that, are, that we have a weakness in, but we need to hit the pause button and say, God, I think we need to go, I, God, I need to bring that into your presence. I need you to help me. I need some extra help in this area, Lord. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's an aspect of your character. Maybe uh, it's a compulsive behavior that you've just dealt with for years. You just struggle with that. God says, hit the pause button. Come into my presence and get some extra help with that situation. We make bad calls sometimes. So when Daniel, you know, Daniel three times a day would pray. So he didn't like the, the food in the cafeteria at the palace because they were serving mostly pizza and chicken patties, you know. Um, so he went home for lunch. You know anybody that goes home for lunch? He decided to go home for lunch. He said, he said every day, I'm going to go home for lunch and how many, I believe he probably went back to the palace and back to his job and went back about his business. But he would go home and he would hit the pause button and he would get down on his knees and he would look to Jerusalem and he would pray. And God would fill him with strength. 
and he would renew his mind, and he would renew his heart. You know, we need to renew our minds regularly. I mean, you know, it takes, it takes time. It, we have to renew them again. Say, renew it again. We got to go back and we got, oh gosh, I'm just thinking that. I oughtn't to be thinking that. I shouldn't be thinking that way. That's not God. And I was, I was listening to Derek Prince recently and, you know, I get jealous sometimes of, of preachers that get revelation in the scriptures and I, I've read it over and over again. I didn't get that revelation. So I was like, man, that's just right on, brother. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to tell him. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 22, this is good. I, I feel like this is something that will encourage us today. This is something we have to do, but it's going to pay off. Ephesians 4, 22. Verse, let's back up to verse 21. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus now, in the context here, he's talking about people that are living um, according to lust, lewdness, uncleanness. He says, but that's not Christ. That's not God. He says, you haven't learned. Jesus didn't teach you that. If indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth that's in him. Now, watch. Here's what we have to do. Put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And I just want to pause. <laughs> pause. Just, want to, just for a second. Notice that the old nature is fueled by lies and lust. That's what feeds that, that nature. Lust, ungodly lust, desires for things that, that we shouldn't have, that God doesn't want for us, and lies. Lies that say, oh, that's good for you. You should have that. Never mind that God's word says that that's not okay. That's how the old nature grows. But watch this. He says, I want you to put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and true holiness. You know, you have a new man living on the inside of you if you have received Christ into your heart. Say, I've got a new man. I've got a new spirit. And it needs to be renewed. You've got to renew. Now watch this, Derek Prince, back up. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, now in my mind, I'm thinking, wait a minute, hold on a second. We are spirit, we're soul, and we're body. How can I be renewed in the spirit of your mind, of my mind? And what Brother Prince brought out was that our minds are affected by the spiritual realm. Our minds are affected by our spirits. Our minds are affected by the Holy Spirit. Our minds are affected by demonic spirits and oppressive spirits. So what Daniel did was he went home at lunchtime and he got down on his knees and he said, I'm going to hit the button pause and I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to take control of my mind. I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, I want your influence in these thoughts. I'm going to recharge my spirit and connect it with God and be renewed in the spirit of my mind. And God is also going to remind him who he is. You're a new man. 
When we hit the pause button, we have an identity reminder. I am created in the likeness and the image of God. I'm a new creation in Christ. God has a purpose for my life. Even though I'm living right now in the, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, Galatians 1, God's light is shining upon me. I'm his man. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. And he has a plan for my life. And I'm going to renew my mind according to the truth of God's word. Amen. Peter learned to hit the pause button. In Acts chapter 10, you don't have to go there, the Bible says that Peter went up on the housetop to pray at about the sixth hour. And I believe this is uh, probably about noon. So the Bible says he got hungry. So he, was, he went up there. See, Peter was, was ministering. He was serving God. He was living his life for Jesus. And he was in Joppa. And he says, you know what, guys? Pause. I got to go up on the rooftop to pray. Jesus did the same thing. He would often, the Bible says, go into the, under the, up into the mountain and pray. And he would sometimes invite his disciples too. Sometimes at inconvenient times. He would say, guys, we need to pause. And we need to go pray. So Peter hit the pause button. And he went up on the mountain to pray. And the Bible said he got hungry. And you know what I think was going on here? I think he was fasting. I think he was fasting. I think he was fasting until about the sixth hour. And I feel like God wants to encourage us to do something uncomfortable. And listen now, not for 40 days. I think he fasted breakfast. I think he said, you know what? I'm gonna, I know I'm going to go up there and I'm going to pray. So I'm going to fast for about six hours. I didn't eat last night. So actually, it's really, if he slept for eight hours, it's really about a 15-hour fast. And I'm just going to keep fasting because why? I want to stay sharp. I want to stay spiritually alert so that when I pray, I can hear from God better. And that's what happens when we fast. We can hear from God better. So he, he, the Bible says he got hungry. And then he fell into a trance. And you know what that means? That means that when we, when we hit the pause button, stuff happens afterward. There's benefits, you see. When we, when we take time to pause and when we take time to prioritize God's presence, he shows us things. We get revelation. The Bible says that he got a, a revelation, one of the greatest revelations of the New Testament, that the Gentiles were also supposed to be saved and come into Christ. Why? Because he paused. This, real quick, this happened to me at work. I noticed, um, and you know, I'm not in some 40-day, but I, I said, you know, I'm going to fast, I'm going to fast lunch, I'm going to fast today until, you know, evening or lunch or whatever. And uh, a, co a colleague came up to me, and someone that normally wouldn't want my advice, um, someone I don't really share the similar worldview with, or that I don't really hang out with, walk up to me, and they were just so frustrated. You know, Darren, you know, this just happened, and this, I'm just dealing with this issue, and, you know, what do you think? And I'm telling you, it just, it just floated right to the surface. And I knew in that moment it was the wisdom of God. And I knew it was going to help that person. Say, did you give them a gospel tract? No. I just gave them wisdom, and I helped them. Didn't mention Jesus, but it was something in that moment that I believe the Holy Spirit gave me was an answer for that person because I was spiritually alert in that moment. Amen? 
Has that ever happened to you? You know, you know it's God. So Paul had, he knew how to pause too. Let's go to Acts chapter 27. Paul is on his way to Rome to testify in front of Caesar. He knew that was God's plan for him. But he had to go through uh, a very difficult sea voyage where there was a storm. And the Bible says in Acts 27.10, Paul told the people that were with him, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken of Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also. When we pause, see, Paul was somebody who knew how to pray. And it's not written there, but it, we can infer that he was a prayerful guy. Would you say that Paul was a prayerful guy? Well, he said, guys, listen, I perceive. wasn't talking about his mind. He wasn't talking about his emotions. He wasn't talking about some study that he read on the internet. No, I perceive in my spirit that if we get on this ship and we go sailing, we're going to lose it all. And notice, the majority advised against it. Sometimes when we pause in God's presence, he'll warn us of things to come, and it might not be, he'll also speak to us, and it might not be with the majority. But we'll know that God's speaking to us and warning us and showing us, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. And if you read on in the story, you know that that ship was completely wrecked. But an angel stood beside Paul that night. And by the way, they were fasting and praying. And an angel stood beside him that night and said, Paul, you're going to make it. And everybody here with you. As long as not one man leaves this ship, you're going to make it safely to the island. So, in closing, because I promise to be short, we have to get on heaven's time clock. I was, I was just happened to be reading a little bit about this. Did you know that um, there are 24 different time zones in the world? Now, there's the, the large, well-known time zones or time uh, like London time or Tokyo time or Berlin time. We have relatives in California. We know instinctively that they're three hours apart from us. But it's, it's governed by a balance between what's called atomic time and earth time. So the earth rotates once every 24 hours. Isn't God awesome? The earth rotates fully one time every 24 hours. And that's supposed to be a good marker of time. But apparently the earth is uh, slowing down in its rotation. And this is only a few matter of seconds. And, a, and a, a real smart guy named Louis Essen found in the, in the 50s that, that we could really get a close, accurate marker of time based on atoms and, and, and things in the, uh, in the natural world. And he created atomic time, and it's exact. 
But as the Earth's time is slowing down a little bit, and the atomic time, so what happens is some people at some world organization of the United Nations have established a world time. And they've created a balance between the atomic time, which is moving a little faster than the Earth's time. What am I trying to say? Sometimes we have to make adjustments. We have to adjust because if we're moving at our own pace and we're going like this and God's saying slow down a little bit or if God's saying, come on, you need to get going here. I'm speaking to you. You need to act on this and we're kind of, you know, shuffling our feet a little bit and saying, well, you know, I just kind of feel like I should. No, we got to get in tune with heaven's time. When we hit the pause button, we recalibrate, we reset and we get in tune with heaven's timing for our lives. The Bible says in Psalm 90, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The New Living Translation says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. In other words, teach us that time is is short. We've got to use the, the time that we have. And I want to be on heaven's time clock. I want to be in step with what God wants for my life. How do I do that? I get down on my knees. I hit the pause button, and I pray, and I look to God. You know, when, when Daniel hit that pause button and he got down, the Bible says he was looking to Jerusalem. He would open the windows, and he would turn toward Jerusalem. But what, where was he looking? He was looking home. Because when he got down on his knees and he hit that pause button, he says, you know what, God? This place is not my home. And there's trouble in the palace. And there's trouble in the school. And there's trouble in the, around the globe. But God, this isn't my home. But I'm going to serve you with all of my heart. I'm going to continue to serve you, Lord, no matter what I see. Because I know that one day I'm going home and I'm going to stand before you, God. And I'm going to give an account of my life. I'm going home. He was reminded that my citizenship is not here. My home is in heaven. Philippians 3, what did Paul do? Paul said, I'm going to forget those things that are behind. I'm going to reach toward those things that are ahead. I believe that when Paul got down on his knees and prayed and he hit the pause button, he said, Lord, I need you to help me to forget. I got to forget what happened and I got to reach toward those things that are ahead. We don't have the strength to do that ourselves, but God helps us forget. And he helps us remember his word. When we, hit, when we hit that pause button, we say, I'm not going to be a forgetful here. I'm going to get down on my knees, Lord, and I'm going to remember what you said in your word. I'm going to pause. I'm going to put the cell phone away. Faith is renewed when we, when we pray. Who has believed our message? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? You know, you're a believer. Oh, We ought to be positive. I'm not saying we don't get discouraged. I'm not talking about just being overly emotional. But there ought to be a buoyancy in our spirit. There ought to be some, I'm a believer. I believe God's moving in the earth today. I believe God's not done with my life today. I believe God's not done with my family yet. I don't believe God's done with Israel yet. I don't believe God's done with the United States yet. It's all going to be according to his plan. I believe God's working in my life. I believe he's going to work this together for good. I'm a believer. Who has believed our report? Who's believed our message of Jesus? When we renew our faith, we renew our fight. Some of us have lost our fight. We got to fight the fight of faith. How do we fight it? By being strengthened in God's presence. David knew the, the trick. 
at Ziklag, right? Remember he lost everything? His children were gone. Everybody's gone. They're thinking of stoning him. He says, hold it, guys. Pause. I'm going to hit the pause button, and I'm going to strengthen myself in God's presence. Now I know what to do. And now I'm moving on in victory. You know, and in closing, I'm just going to close. The, we've been talking about the nation of Israel and what's going on, and we're, we're standing with them. And Friday night, Friday night, I was praying for my own needs, I think. And the Lord began to give me scriptures about Israel. And I'm like, God, I wasn't even praying for Israel. But God was <laughs> through the Holy Spirit. God knows what's going on. And, the, and they have what's called an iron dome. I mean, you know they have an iron dome there. And what happens is when the, when the rockets come in, they shoot like flares or things that come up. And you know that we recently reloaded their iron dome. And when we pray, we're in the spirit. We're reloading the iron dome. And listen, when you get down on your knees and pray, the Bible says the enemy's shooting darts at you. They're running around shooting darts at you. You've got a target on your back. You do. Why? Because we have an enemy. What are we going to do about these darts? We need an iron dome that's protecting us in the spirit, that's going to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. When we pause and when we get down on our knees and we pray, the Bible says that those flares go up and they stop the enemy's rockets that are coming against us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray that I could pray more. Amen? That's a good prayer. Lord, I pray that I'd pray more. Lord, help me. Stand with me if you, if you don't mind. Lord, Lord, we just pray that you would help us. Father, we just thank you. Help us, Lord. Encourage us to, to, to get into your presence, Lord, and to bow down before you. In Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.